Hello and Happy New Year! Welcome to a special New Year's episode of Stuttering is Cool. I don't know why I'm laughing. I guess because it's all because it's, you know, hey, it's a new year. It's a new beginning, new everything. A lot of opportunities to uh, tackle the stuttering, tackle our fear of speaking, or more precisely, fear of the funny, funny looks and 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 feedback that we get. So, hey, on this episode, it's all about a new beginning. Hey, but first, there is something that this show is brought to you by, and it is the Stuttering is Cool book. Uh, I self-published it, made it all by myself. It has comics, and it has my tips and experiences, everything that I talk about and talked about on this pod pod podcast that I, that I, that, I, that I was running since two thousand and seven. <laughs> So it's your tips and tricks. It's called Stuttering is Cool, subtitled A Guide to Stuttering in a Fast-Talking World, available exclusively on Etsy and the Apple iBookstore in, in digital format and the Google Play. But the book, you know, it's nice and interactive. It's print, but it's interactive. Uh, to find out what all that means and, you know, ordering info, uh, hit me up at stutteringiscool.com. All the, all the information is there. There is a a bit of a tradition that I have started in 2014, um, and it's space. It means nothing big. The tradition. It's just an infographic that I made, and I update um, to um, not to be year specific. Uh, no, originally it was how to keep comments stutter on in 2014. Subsequent years, I removed the 2014. Anyway. It's kind of an infographic. It has, to, I mean, there aren't really graphics in it, but there are 12 ways to build a thick skin with your stuttering, which is what my book and this podcast is all about. So I will read them to you because I kind of figure, you know what, this will be perfect for the New Year's episode. I will have a link to it in the show notes, the infographic for you to download, share, or print out, or Maybe you want to add your own. I would love to hear from uh, you to hear what other tips you will have. CoolStarGmail.com. Use your smartphone voice memo app and email it to, to, to me. Don't worry about sound file. But let me read to you what I have, and then I'll play audio from a few Stutter Social hosts. And for those of you who don't know what Stutter Social is, I will explain after I read these. Number one. Make at least one phone call per per day. This, I'm just going to explain a bit, uh, to build up the resilience, you know, to build up your, um, uh, well, I guess resilience, (laughs) to take a step out of your comfort zone and get used to making phone calls. And then these can be random, random calls that you make, uh, say, for example, to stores, uh, asking for a time for the operating hours Um, if you're looking for examples go to youtube and look for stutter 365 or 365 stutter i think it's stutter 365 i had josh adkins um, a friend of mine uh, on my show and he recorded a video and posted to youtube every day for a year him making phone calls and using it as a way to practice his speech um, or practice talking and stuttering and advertising his stuttering on the, on, the, on the phone and then reporting 
back on how he felt and what uh, happened so look for that on on youtube and again show, uh, notes in the show notes notes in the show notes i'll have a link in the show notes number two ask a total stranger the time yeah you know great to uh, practice approaching people talking people face to face what i like about the stranger is you probably never meet them ever again so <laughs> and it also and it's a great way to build up the resilience and uh practice in you know responding or not even responding to dirty looks for reg- regular listeners you know that throughout this year i kept saying over and over how I think I rely too much on disclosing my stuttering as a crutch. So me, for example, I'm going to practice not relying on (laughs) uh, disclosing um, stuttering, you know, in hopes to, you know, not that that these strangers, I shouldn't even care what they think, you know, what they must think of me or something, which is something that I want to get rid of because I write it in my book not to care. At the time I wrote my book, I was like, who cares what these people think? But then over time, I got used to the idea of disclosing. But you can listen to my previous episodes for more on that because I'm going to about to tell you number three, which is tell someone that you stutter. So obviously, these aren't in any particular order. <laughs> Number four, challenge yourself not to switch words. That can be a tough one sometimes. Um, you know, it, it's it's a great step out of your comfort zone just to let your stutter out. And um, or or more importantly, it feels great to order what you want to order or say what you want to say. Have the true you, the real you shine out, shine shine through number six replace your negative thoughts about stuttering with positive ones where wherever the mind goes the body goes uh i wrote that in my book (laughs) yeah wherever the mind goes the body goes so if you're gonna think negatively about your stuttering you're gonna avoid more and you're not gonna socialize and such so um yeah think positively positively and you will and you oops excuse me think positively and you will shine number seven make the choice not to avoid so i think this is sort of similar to number four (laughs) not really number four specific not to switch words but uh, but avoidance could also be uh, avoiding social situations or avoiding speaking situations for example, if you avoid the chance to speak in front of a large crowd, I know, I know, very, very scary, you'll miss the opportunity to have a good time doing it or realize, or maybe not have a good time, but realize, hey, I actually did it. I was able to do it. It wasn't so bad after all. And reap the benefits of having done that. Sometimes you get you know, more job prospects, sometimes you get more recognition, or you can present to your team at work, or or any other social situation. Number eight, stutter openly. Number nine, try something out of your comfort zone. Well, all year, I've been taking improv classes. <laughs> now that was out of my comfort zone. And I talked about it on my previous episodes. 
Number 10, an important one, which probably should have been the first one. Maintain eye contact. Yeah, this one, uh, for those who are having trouble maintaining eye contact, I know it can be difficult to maintain a natural eye contact because you don't want to look like you're peering into their souls, uh, staring into them. Um, what I what I what I do is I look around their eyes, you know, around the eyebrows, under their eyes, notice their eye color, then eventually you get used to it and you're not even thinking anymore. Number eleven is video record yourself. Because we like seeing ourselves on video. What I notice with watching yourself on video and 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 uh, this is um, seems to be a comic practice in speech therapy sessions where they record you and you could see your secondaries. Um, you can even see if you have bad posture, which is also good. <laughs> um, so yeah, video recording yourself, you can see, you can catch your, uh, your sec secondaries. And when I first started recording my podcast way back when, I noticed that when I listened to my episodes, the more I heard myself stuttering, uh, the more I caught myself in real life, and I was able to control myself better in real life. And when I and and there were a few times I recorded my video, and I saw myself on video, and I saw my secondary. So I all so in real life I started to anticipate and prevent secondary. So I got to do that more often. <laughs> and finally, number twelve: talk to others who. Stutter, big theme in my book, and big thing about stutter social, which I mentioned before. Uh, talking to others who stutter, meeting them, making friends with others that stutter, as well. You share your unique experiences because you know it's hard to meet other stutterers uh, in person in your immediate geographical area. So thank goodness for the internet. Thank goodness for stuttering conferences. Um, you feel less alone, and then you start thinking, hey, stutter is kind of cool. I'm with all these other cool people that don't let their stuttering get in their way of their lives. So uh, Stutter Social, quickly, something I co-founded back in 2011. Wow. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, group video chats for people who stutter. We use Google+. Uh, all the details are on stuttersocial.com. And uh, yeah, I hope to see you in a future hangout. We have four group video chats, also known as hangouts, a week. So I've asked the hosts of Stutter Social to share their tips with stuttering or overcoming the challenges of stuttering. Hi, everyone. This is Pam um, from Albany, New York. And I'm one of the Stutter So... So social hosts on Sunday evenings. I share the slot with Annie and I cover from 7.30 to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. And Annie covers um, the same time in California Pacific Time. So together we offer a stutter social hang 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 out every sun sunday evening and i love being a stutter social host um it's been two and a half years now um since i started hosting and i just love the opportunity to um meet with 
different people from all parts of the world every week and engage in the really diverse top top topics that we get involved in. Um, so I enjoy I enjoy hosting very much, and I also try to get to another stutter social hangout during the week as well. Um, I just really like getting to do this, so I consider myself luck luck lucky to to have this opportune. Opportunity. But this spot today is on um, stuttering survival tips. And what I wanted to share is something that works for me at work. Um, I'm an outreach spe- 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 specialist, and I spend the majority of my time doing public speaking presentations, um, usually to young audiences. Um, usually talking to um, 8th, ninth, or 10th grade stu- stu- students about career planning and career op- op- options. And public speaking for many pe- 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 people can be daunting and intimidating, but I actually really like it. Um, I have found over the years through my experience in Toastmasters and also just um, doing presentations like this for eight years now in, 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 in the job that I have that I really like it. But one tip that I find is very, very useful for me, which offers me some control and boosts my con confidence, even though I think I'm a very confident speaker, um, is I project my voice and I almost get into like performance mode when I'm speaking. And I'm often speaking to groups of anywhere from 20 to 50 students. Um, So I have to be loud enough for everybody in the room to hear me comfortably, but I find that there's a difference between being loud and projecting. And when I project my voice, I just feel like I have more control. And that really helps me to be a more fluid speaker. And notice I say fluid instead of fluent, because I'm not a fluent speaker. I stutter. And that's okay. That's part, 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 part of what I bring um, to to my presentations. And I just find that voice projection is a real useful tool to feel strong and confident and fluid and able to get my point across. So I hope that's a helpful tip. Um, and I hope to see some of you soon in a Stutter Social Hangout. Again, um, Sunday evenings every other week from 7.30 to 9 p.m. New York Eastern Time. It'd be great to see see you there. Hi, everyone. My name is Christine Ditz. I am one of the community managers for the Stutter Social app. 
I am coming to you today on New Year's Day to offer some of my own stuttering survival tips in different situations. I have three to share with you, possibly more. First, when at work, I, before making an important phone call to another professional or a family member, I will try to take two to three deep breaths and ideally when I begin the phone conversation, exhale on that first sentence. So inhale, then as I'm introducing myself on the phone, exhale on that exhale. That has helped me um, a few times and I'm still working on it. I also find that the less I plan or prepare a phone call, the less I think about it, the smoother and more easy it goes. Second stuttering survival tip would be when I am at work as well or even in social gathering settings, I try to keep fairly good conscious eye contact with those around me um, because that kind of reconnects me to the present moment and the the person and what's going on around me. Um, and this is very helpful as well. I feel eye contact for me is a very helpful tip. Um, it also just helps me be more present and more confident in what I'm saying. Third stuttering tip. Before I head out to some new social settings, maybe a dinner or coffee with a friend, and I'm just feeling some of that social anxiety I usually get, I sometimes will say positive affirmations aloud to myself in my car, or even before I get in my car. Um, You know, real easy stuff like, I am valuable, I am worthwhile. I am funny, I am smart, I am confident, all of those things. And this usually helps me just kind of believe in myself more and feel better about myself. Not that I wasn't before, but it helps to just increase my mood and my confidence most of the time. Um... So those are my main three stuttering survival tips that I use at work and in social settings. I'm sure there are many more. Last, I noticed that when I'm actually in a conversation with people, especially in a large group of people, and I'm telling a story, I just say it very quickly and I tend to get excited and that's where the stuttering comes in. I will try to remind myself to slow down a little more and, and try to resist that time pressure that I have all the time in the world to tell my story. And and that usually works out as well. Um, But it's a work in progress every day, and I'm just grateful that I have um, Daniel Rossi's wonderful podcast website and Stutter Social and all the hangouts and stuttering forums on Facebook to go to for support and advice and tips um, and just to increase my self-acceptance and self-confidence I don't know where I'd be without all of this help with social media and with friends from all over who stutter. So I thank you, I thank you, and 
keep stuttering proudly. Have a great New Year's Day, everyone. Talk to you later. Bye. My name is Annie Bradbury, and I'm a Stutter Social host. Um, going on two years and l- loving it still as much as I did when I first started. I co-host with Pamela Mertz every other Sunday from 4.30 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, m- my stuttering survival tip is kind of a few that kind of merge um, into one. And I think there was a time for me when I guess my light bulb went off or things just became a little bit easier and and mostly clearer for me um, in regards to my stuttering and living with it and coping with it and 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 also m- managing it um, when I stopped being angry at my stutter b- being angry that I stuttered and being angry at the reactions or the thought what I thought were reactions of my listeners when everything changed for me. When I stopped being angry, I started to analyze what was going on when I stuttered. So instead of getting mad, I'm going, what's going on with me? Um, Not to say that that's the cause of my stuttering, but what's going on with me in my brain? What am I thinking? What am I feeling? And what am I doing? When I was able to just look at that without any emotional um, baggage attached to it, which was, what are they thinking? What am I doing? I wish I didn't do it and hating the fact that I did it. I was able to just really feel what was going on. And then I could more clearly understand my listener. And and yeah, there are people out there that are just... You know, they're just not nice, but they're not nice to anybody that they come across. And But the average p- p- person out there um, is nice. And I found that w- when I stopped getting angry, I could look at myself through their eyes. And then I also learned that it was my responsibility. This is just my belief, but it's m- m- my responsibility to educate my listener, to tell them what's going on with me. You know, I, how can I expect so many people um, are n- 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 not around people who stutter often or ever, and they're seeing this lady do something with her, not only her voice, but her lips and her eyes and her neck and her body and her everything. And and I realize that their responses to me are, are often um, ways for them to cope and how they want to help me cope. And so I changed my expectations of my listener and realized, okay, I need to tell you what I'm doing. And when I did that, it just again began to be easier. When somebody would smirk or say the wrong thing or finish my word, and yeah, it's taboo and and we hate that, um, I had to stop and go, well, they're really just trying to make things easier for me. They're trying to help me. And when I did that, it just didn't become such a big deal, to be honest. I mean, it's just, you know, it's like somebody drops a bag of groceries and before you, and the the oranges are rolling away, you instinctively, you just reach down, you grab it. And so instinctively, many people um, are helpers and they they do so in whatever they think that might be right. It might not be right for us. So when the anger went away, my compassion for my listener became 
part of my responsibility. And then the more open I began to be, the more opportunities came my way to educate my my listener. So it kind of came all full circle for me. So my survival tip is it's being kinder. It's listening to my heart, listening to my stutter, and listening, watching my listener. And and the more, again, the I guess being open, being compassionate, and not letting the not letting the emotions, the negative emotions, cloud all of that. Like, what are they thinking? Oh, they must think that I'm stupid or that they, they don't understand that I, I do know what my name is. Um, they're just people trying to be their best. So when all that other stuff, I kind of let go of it, um, it became, it's, it's still, it's easier for me today. It's more honest for me today. And if somebody responds in a way that I'm not satisfied with, then it's my responsibility to to work with them, I guess it is, so that the next time, if they're not somebody in my life on a regular basis, the next person who stumbles their way, who stutters, the experience is different. And that person will become better because of that. And I have become better because of that more compassionate, loving person, not only to others, but mostly, survival tip, to myself and my stutter. I hope this is something that you can uh, take a little bit away from, you know, walk away with something in there that can help your, uh, assist you on your journey with your stuttering. And uh, um, thank you, Daniele, for this opportunity to to share my thoughts. This is take one, too. And, um, 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 And I wish everybody a happy new year. Hi, my name is Heather Najman. I'm one of the Stutter Social co-hosts on Wednesdays. One of the neat things about our Wednesday hosting is that it's in the middle of the day in the U.S., and it's an early evening Central European time, so we have folks from all over the world that come in and share their their stories and experiences and it's really a, a, a wonderful way to connect with people around the world. I want to share three stuttering survival t- tips t- today. And I realize now that they're all kind of connected. First one comes from the days way before caller ID, even before voicemail, back in the days of the answering machine, even when there was tape for answering machines. Back then, I was looking at ways to change that inner tape that was in my head. And this first thing comes from the writings of John Harrison, who was uh, early involved with the National Stuttering Project, which is now the National Stuttering Association. And I, like many other people who stutter, had a really hard time when the phone would ring. I can remember times just letting the phone ring and ring. And instead of going into the tape in my head of panic and anxiety and fear and what would they think and who was it and would I be able to say, hello, my name is Heather. Instead, the suggestion was to say, phone is ringing, phone is ringing. 
And I did that for quite a while, and it worked quite well because it, A, it kept my mind occupied and busy, and it gave me something else to think about rather than, oh my gosh, who's on the phone call. So starting to change the thoughts that I told myself started to then change how I felt about picking up the phone. The second survival tip I'll call WWNSD. What would a normal speaker do? I don't want to get into normal, what that means in this, this context, but what I mean by it was what would people that don't stutter, what would they do or think in this situation? Would they be counting down the chairs in a, in a meeting to to see how many people it's left before my turn? Probably not. Would they be rehearsing and rehearsing and rehearsing what they were going to say instead of listening to whoever was speaking or engaging with that conversational partner? Probably not so much either. And so I started to try to look at situations of, okay, I as I learned how I thought and all the chatter that was going on in my own head, would a person that, that didn't stutter, would they worry about this? Would they think of this? Would they do this? And I came to see that probably not so much. I think that my stuttering had shaped me more than I had realized. So I started to try to do something different. And sometimes it was just a little change. And sometimes it, it may have been bigger. And that leads into my third stuttering survival tip, and that is everything counts. Now, this one, I started to use every situation, not all the time, every situation, but looking at situations as opportunities in little ways. In therapy, I'd had situations of calling restaurants or doing surveys, but this was talking to to strangers in lower stress situations. I talked to TSA agents at the airports. I would chat up waiters. I would especially talk to people in lines. Bank lines or grocery lines was a great place. If I was working on a technique, maybe doing some voluntary stuttering or doing whatever else techniques I had, then it gave me a chance to practice. But if I wasn't working on a technique, then it gave me a chance to improve my communication skills, which is a is a double win because I got to be better at it. And there were times, especially depending at the grocery store, where you know if someone's having a bad day ahead of you and they and they chew out a clerk, well then when I got up there, sometimes I would just smile, look at them, and say, "Having a hard day, huh?" or Wow, that really was a was a uh, interaction you had there, and just my acknowledging and seeing and hearing the cashier makes a difference to them because we all need to be acknowledged, seen, and heard. So using all these little situations in less stressful on the the hierarchy could either give me a chance to add. Advertise my, my, my stutter could give me a chance to educate sometimes, would give me a chance to practice, or if I was in, not in a mood for practicing any t- techniques, which often was the case, 
It would just give me a chance to speak freely. My goal was not to be fluent in those situations. My goal was to feel free, to become a good communicator. So by changing the, the thoughts that were running in my head and changing the behaviors and the actions that I did, that over time started to change how I felt about myself and how I felt about my stuttering. And another important caveat or perhaps a coda here was to start to do it with an attitude of curiosity, of experimentation, of let me just see what happens. Not as a should, as a must, a have to, not as a therapy exercise, but just what happens if I make one little change? What happens if I do something different today? And that curiosity and experimental attitude really helped to make a difference. So I hope that some of these ideas, survival tips, give you some food for thought. And I want to wish you all a very happy new year. A big thank you to my Stutter Social hosts for for contributing their tips. There are more hosts, but we will get to know, you will get to know uh, each of the hosts, I hope. That's my plan for 2016 in future ep- episodes. I'll have them come on have one-on-one interviews, perhaps even um, have them co-host with me. And we'll learn about their stuttering histories and uh, some more tips and coping mechanisms and such. Now, speaking of New Year's resolutions, I came across a blog post, a post on a great website called lifehacker.com. In case you're wondering... What life hacker is all about? Well, hacking your life. <laughs> uh, a, a website of uh, tips and tricks, you know. And in this case, the headline kind of speaks for itself. Instead of making resolutions, make a list of your successes and fears. So that's a or headline title. Um, so I read through it. It really piqued my interest. And again, I'll have the link in the show notes for this and i thought i'd share this on this episode i shared it on the facebook and the twitter feed stutter dude follow me if you're on stutter or if you're on twitter <laughs> oh, brother. Uh, party too hardy okay well according to this according to whoever wrote this i'm just trying to see now i have it here um it seems to be psychology today i think well in any case uh, yes, yeah, it was from Psycho. So it's so it's a um, summary, I guess, of an article on a magazine called Psychology, Psychology Today, where you know they argue that resolutions don't work because um, they're centered around. And I'm actually reading from the blog, so this is a quote: uh, "They're centered around things we don't like about ourselves, or they make us feel inadequate." So it gives examples such as losing weight, exercise more, quit smoking, and so on. So the article explains, well, instead of listing times or instead of focusing on that, begin with a list of moments throughout the previous year. So in our case, 2015, in the case of this episode, where you were awesome instead of trying to jumpstart the new year. Again, I'm quoting again (laughs) on, on a positive note. And then you make a list of your fears so you can overcome the fear of change. So that's um, so. Then it goes on about saying, you know, why make a list of fears for New Year's? Hey, that rhymes. Why make a list of fears for New Year's? Um, 
because people don't like fear, you know, uh, you know, or so, sorry, they don't like change, and change strikes up fear, blah blah, yada yada. Um, maybe I should read it. No, I think I'm breaking copyright if I <laughs> if I actually read it. But in in any case, they they say further any hope of success. I mean, I'm quoting here, so it's okay if I read it. Further, any hope of success requires that you're open to change. It seems simple, but this is the step that most people skip or avoid thinking about altogether because change is terrifying. Uh, so it offers two templates, one entitled This Year I Was Awesome, and the other one I'm Afraid Of. So under This Year I Was Awesome, it's pretty much one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, not questions, but fill-in-the-blank type answers. First one, I was brave when I... Second one, I was strong when I... Third one, I challenged my fear of blank when I... Um, I stood up for myself when I... I was scared but made it through when I... I was courageous when I... And I was powerful when I... So all that stuff from 2000... In this case, 2015. And then in the upcoming year, I'm afraid of... And then you list... This scares me because the worst thing that could happen is the chance of this actually happening is, and then in parentheses, is this fear rational? Uh, I can do this to protect myself and then I can overcome this fear by blah, blah, blah. I think this is fantastic. So let me see now. I haven't gone through it myself to really think through but I just figured, hey, I think it might be interesting if I share this on the show. So I hope this works. So this year, 2015, I, or well, in 2015, I was awesome. Uh, sorry, I was brave when I went to Montreal in Canada uh, to give a presentation in French at the L'Association de Belgique du Canada. I believe that's right. The Dubegayement de Canada, the ABC uh, French-speaking francophone uh, stirring association. And I remember thinking, this is the most foolish thing I've ever done in my life. This is the craziest thing ever. And I was really scared of like I'm going to make give a bad impression or give or worse a useless presentation. Um, I was and I talked about that on a previous episode. <laughs> but I grew from it so I'm really glad that I did that even though I I was walking in there going this is stupid of me Uh, I walked up going I feel great that was awesome Um, I was strong when I well when I accomplished something out of my comfort zone I was strong when I prepared for that presentation I really did I really took the time to prepare get a translation work on it study I could have done a little bit more practice I did end up practicing on the train right there <laughs> um, however when I realized that hmm I totally didn't give myself time I was strong when I came up with a plan to still allow me to give a good presentation so that was um or or the best presentation that i can and i read it um so i worked on intonation i even threw in some jokes and engaging the audience reaction they did enjoy it and they 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 did give give me some good compliments after phew i was so relieved (laughs) uh let's see i challenged my fear of oop that's my phone uh, I challenged my fear of blank when I 
change my fear of I would have to say so I'm gonna try not to keep using uh, the Montreal presentation as as an example so I'll say change my fear of I would say um this was the year that I went back into dating. <laughs> so my fear of, so I wouldn't really say fear of, it was more like mentioning my stuttering. How do I mention it? How do I stutter open and all that? So it was great because I wrote a book. <laughs> so, it, so it made me interesting to the girls. So that was nice. Uh, challenged my fear of, I guess, stuttering openly in front of potential dates. When I stuttered openly in front of potential dates, I explain that oh yeah I you know have a podcast do a cartoon I go to the conference I give cartooning classes so I focus more on my positive aspects rather than this one I guess flaw if you want to call it for lack of a better term this one quirk <laughs> that I have that can cause fear I stood up for myself when I ordered food that I wanted I didn't switch words. I was scared but made it through when I, in September, no, February, um, I noticed that a friend of mine who came from the States um, in Toronto, and or to Toronto, and he never disclosed the stuttering when giving an order. And I thought that was awesome. So I gave it a try. Uh, scared to do it. <laughs> I don't know why. So something definitely going to tackle in 2016. Uh, I was courageous when I... Well, tackle that. Courageous. So let me think of... There's something else. Courageous when I went to Montreal to give a presentation of language I don't speak. Gave a workshop, a cartooning workshop. Now, that was in 2014. 2015, I gave... No, a no another one. I did it again. But I didn't have a projector <laughs> to show my my pretty slides. So I adapt and overcome. So I don't know if that counts. I was courageous when I... Um, I'm going to have to come back to that one. I was powerful when I... Hmm. Going to have to think about that one too. <laughs> you know what? I would have to say... Um, When I went to Baltimore, the NSA conference, and I felt powerful because I knew a lot of people there. And meeting new people, it, it was fun to meet new people, first-timers. Um, now, I don't think I felt powerful. <laughs> I just felt uh, like a good human being, you know, uh, being social, being open and such. Now for the fear part. What am I afraid of? Okay, this is getting really, really personal on the podcast. <laughs> what am I afraid of? Um, well, it's obvious, right? Disclosing my uh, stuttering to um, you know people that I order food from. Why do I do that? Why? Who cares? Why am I so uh, fixated on the judgment of strangers? Who cares? I'm not going to care that anymore. This scares me because... Yeah, why Why should I care? Why? Like, honestly, why should I care what other people think? Strangers of myself, when I know the truth about my, myself, right? Right? Uh, 
The worst thing that could happen is, okay, worst thing, what? They laugh at me. I Maybe I complain to the manager, set them straight. I disclose my stuttering and tell them I stutter, whatever, walk away. I have my order. I got my order. Big whoopee-doo, right? So why am I scared? So I have no reason to be scared. I could see how this is working. <laughs> the chance of this actually happening is, I guess, small. I mean, there were smiles and such, but I think for you know people in the service industry, they're also there. Like it's probably like an uncomfortable laugh, or like they're laughing with you, or they don't even know that I'm stuttering. Right? They might just think, "Oh, this guy just needs his cough, coffee, or whatever." Right? Or that part where people say, oh, everybody stumbles their words. Maybe they just think I'm stumbling my words. And let's face it, it is kind of funny, right? Stuttering can come across as funny. Um, It's not, you know, to us, like not being laughed at. But we have to appreciate the fact that, well, yeah, if you don't know that stuttering, it could come across as funny or or something where you know they are are coming across as vulnerable too and that's and that laugh or that smile could be hey don't worry you have nothing to worry about i'm sympathizing with with you take all the time that you want and that's what someone told me once they they said you take all the time you need to talk um you don't have to explain to me I can do this to protect myself. That's the second last item. I can do this to protect myself, protect myself from the fear. Um, I think kind of like what Christine had said about the uh, the affirmations, personal affirmations. I'm still awesome. Just because I say mocha doesn't make me any less of a human being than someone else, right? And I can overcome this fear by keeping it in practice so tomorrow i'm so going to order a mochaccino and i'm stuttering and i'm not explaining it and that's it for this episode thank you for listening to this this special episode for new year's day (laughs) for the new year i hope that i've inspired you to give some ventures out of your comfort zone and building some resilience and a thick skin to, um, you know, the not-so-nice aspects of stuttering. And I like to hear what happens. I like to hear your tips. You know, did you give any of the tips listed on the show a try? Record on your smartphone using your voice memo app and email it to me, coolstutter at gmail.com. What, two minutes, five minutes? Um, And I'll play it on the next episode. And don't forget to order your copy of the Stuttering is Cool book, A Guide to Stuttering in a Fast-Talking World. Only, uh, how much is it now? I don't remember. Stutteringscool.com has all the details. <laughs> a brain fart. Anyway, until then, may your stuttering always be with confidence. Especially mine. My gosh, I'm slipping. <laughs> Ciao.